Hey, rock stars, I'm JB, expert salesperson and master presenter. I'm the doctor, psychologist, and behavioral expert. This is the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab Podcast. We're high-performance coaches that help service-based professionals and entrepreneurs take their skills to the next level. 70% of entrepreneurs fail, which is why every week we have real talk with real entrepreneurs to help ensure you are not one of them. We're also the inventors of the Be Rich Mindset. Where we rise to mastery, inspire greatness, celebrate knowledge, and help others along the way. So join us in the lab. And now, on to the show. Welcome back to the lab. I'm JB. I'm the doctor. If it's your first time joining us, welcome to the Entrepreneur Mastery Lab, where we have real talk with real professionals every single day, even if it's just the two of us. Uh, if you're returning, welcome back back. Do us a favor, whether you're returning or brand new, if you haven't yet, give us a like, subscribe, follow, so we can increase our impact and reach even more people just like you. We appreciate it. Now, we might talk to these real professionals every single day, but podcast only comes out once a week still. So don't don't think you're going to get more of us than that. At like 135 plus episodes deep, I feel like they could watch us once a day for, for a long time. 136 times? Something like that. And by the time they get to the end of it, we'll probably we'll be up there. And then just start all over again. Speaking I of starting all over again, I am frustrated. Why are you frustrated, Doc? Technology. It doesn't like me. Yeah, I know that. But tell me more. He's stupid. I've uh, been playing around with some apps. And uh, uh -oh. I feel like every time I think I got it, I click on something and it makes me start over or accidentally deletes don't ever accidentally delete stuff that happens way too much to me what um, apps are we talking about though let's be honest uh, be real what do you got well i will say when i'm making our awesome social media content like on instagram or i haven't done tiktok too much because i haven't figured that one out yet like when i'm on instagram and i'm starting to record a video and i think i have it done and then i hit the back button maybe or something it all deletes um so that's why you might not see me dancing as much as you should on social media. Your story made me yawn. Nobody could see that unless they're watching us on YouTube. By the way, if you're listening to us, you might want to check us out on YouTube. But that was a you're only yawning because we're recording, we're recording later than usual for you, and it's like two hours past your bedtime. <laughs> it's a boring story. It is. It is past because as old as I am with technology, you are older when it comes to time. I just like to go to sleep early and get up early. There's nothing wrong with that. It's pitch black either way right now. So why don't you say we bring some youth into this? And uh, all right, I think that's a good idea. Let's let's get our guest in here. We've got uh, Dimitri. Dimitri, welcome. Dimitri is joining us from Rise Productive. Happy to have you, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I, I'm not going to add anything from like a youth standpoint. I act like I'm 45. I'd go to bed at usually. I should be asleep right now uh it's only it's eight here i go to bed at like 8 30 and get up at four i i'm not adding anything to the the doc's the only one here that like acts I'm like the a young one. Person. it's nice to be the young one yeah it is nice to be the yeah yeah so you got to do me a favor man and do our do our, our listeners and our viewers a favor because normally i ask ahead of time and i and i totally fail to do so probably because it's after my bedtime but dude how do you pronounce your last name my last name is pronounced panici so my my name is uh midwestern rhyme for sure dimitri panici yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, so it's, it's like panini, except with a chi at the end. <laughs> yep, I did not. I never heard that once in high school. Yeah, yeah, I bet not. I'm good at the dad jokes, so. though. Yeah. 
<laughs> I hope so, because that wasn't a good dad joke. <laughs> yeah, that was, a bad, that was a bad one anyways. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, what What are you doing? What is Rise Productive and the Rise Productive podcast? Yeah, so I have been a, a part-time content creator for about three years now. That's actually kind of weird to say out loud. I started a YouTube channel in 2020. Actually, rolling it back, I started a website called riseproductive.com. I wrote an ebook that was like 100 pages in a couple of weeks uh, on it's called 10 times to say 10 steps to saving time and doing more. And uh, then from there, I was like, wait a second, I don't like writing that much. Let me talk in front of a microphone. Then I realized I kind of sucked at it. And uh, I just did it anyways for a couple of years. And I realized that me talking about self-help didn't make any sense. I was 22 at the time. And I switched into talking about productivity apps because I am a nerd and that is OK. And uh, right now, what Rise Productive is, is essentially a, a website where people can go and check out a myriad of different Notion templates and video resources on how to improve their productivity with productivity apps, as well as some sprinkled in sort of uh, productivity principle stuff and courses as well. And I also offer Notion consulting because when you make videos on the Internet, that's eventually what you're supposed to do on the thing you're talking about. So a little... Uh... If you were paying attention to the opening, you might have figured out that apps sometimes are a struggle for me. Yes. Certain ones. Certain ones not. But Notion was one of those, and I did a lot of research on it. And that's actually how Dimitri and I first were in contact. Because um, if you've ever gone down the rabbit hole of YouTube, you will watch a lot of different people do creations yes. of Notion templates. And I watched a lot of them. And Pete, Dimitri stuck out to me and uh, wound up using some of his templates. And that's how we got connected the first time great customer service. So there's my plug for you. Appreciate that. I, I really do like Notion as an application. I, I think finding productivity apps is like an as a quote niche to to talk about on YouTube kind of actually saved like my YouTube career. I, I don't really talk about it as much as because it's been a minute, but like I was going to quit in like 2021. Uh, I was like very much mid like identity crisis about what my channel was. And then I had an epiphany that one or two of my videos around apps was like ranking in search. And I was like, I like apps. What if I just screen recorded and did a little intro beforehand and afterwards? And, uh, you know, they would always rank in search and then my video, my channel can't tank like cause SEO and the theory worked. And, uh, it's probably the only reason we're still talking. I was really, I was very close to quitting. Um, it was towards the end of college and uh, that winter I was having like a winter slump. I mean, I'm from, from Chicago, so uh, you have those regardless of what you're doing with your life. We love a good pivot here at JP and the doctor. Yeah, but I, I love that you stuck with it. You know, it, it's a old saying about Ben Franklin or Thomas Edison or something. You're never <laughs> as close to success as like when you're, I don't, I, whatever, you know what I talked about. Uh, <laughs> One of those dude, guys said something that was said, Yeah. Something with success something. and failure and don't quit and, and attribute it to somebody with a famous name and you're good. Uh, I, I, I want to kind of elaborate or have you elaborate just for, for our listeners and viewers. Cause I think in your world, everybody knows what notion is. And in our world, nobody does. Sure. So can you just kind of yeah. share what notion is and then why you kind of got drawn to notion in particular? Yeah. So notion is a, note-taking and project management tool that basically takes 
uh, different pages and you can collect them into things called databases. And it has a very nice text editor built in. So with those, just like a couple small things, just that baseline of functionality, it really does a lot in uh, project knowledge, uh, task management, habit tracking, because it's just taking pages and turning them into whatever you want to be. And since you can bundle them in a, into like a database structure, it can be used for almost an unlimited number of options. What drawn me to it is because it was pretty. I'm just going to be blunt. Like it was the cool thing. It was kind of pretty. Uh, the number one indicator of productivity, especially when it comes to using tech tools is the uh, whether you enjoy using it or not. And uh, the main thing that struck me about Notion was that as I was using it, it was a fun experience to organize my life, which is just like a weird thing to say out loud. So that's what drew me to it. It drew a lot of people to it. Uh, the first exposure I ever had to it was a Thomas Frank video where he he is the one of the biggest productivity YouTubers on the platform. And he made a video talking about it. And I thought it was sick. He made it seem like it was the coolest thing in the world. This was about seven months into me finding productivity YouTube. And I went from like, all, I went through like all the self-help content, went through minimalism, sold everything in my closet, and then uh, moved into realizing that I was a nerd even more than I already thought. And I was like, oh, this is such an aesthetic, cool app. I canned what I was using at the time beforehand, which was OneNote. And uh, I was just like, man, this is aesthetic. This is cool. I organized my life with it. I organized my plans for making a YouTube channel with it. It just, it just struck me. I don't know. Like there, it's it's it had to have been the aesthetics. And um, for a colorblind man, saying it's the aesthetics means it must really be good aesthetically because I couldn't see half of the appeal, literally. Yeah, it's, it's uh, funny. The same reason I keep JB around for his aesthetics. Whatever. I'm just I talk good too. You should take that. <laughs> I talk good too. <laughs> You know, uh, it, it does have a good UI, right? User interface. It, it really, it really does. But the utility behind it's fantastic. I'm going to show my age here, right? Because to me, it Notion reminds me almost like of MySpace back in the day versus oh, yeah. Facebook. When like MySpace, you could customize everything, man. You you had full access to build that out how you wanted to. You just had to learn how to do it. Yeah. And for the people that like put in the effort and learn how to do it, it was awesome. And then Facebook came around and it was like, well, you don't customize anything, but it's done for you. And everybody like jumped on the Facebook wagon. And this is going way back. I mean, the, like when Facebook was still rolling out to colleges to, to yeah. date myself. Um, so it just kind of, it, it reminds me of that, that MySpace vibe. And I'm not going to lie. I have a little like, uh, uh, I miss MySpace a little bit. I have we my own music Tom. on my page and my own background. It was cool. We all miss Tom. We all made the wrong decision there. <laughs> Our good friend, Tom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I deleted uh, Tom because I didn't thought it was a stranger until I realized after and I couldn't get him back. I'm like, oh, I lost Tom. <laughs> forever so so i gotta ask man when you um when you got into this stuff uh you talked about kind of falling into the productivity youtube side of things and working through that were you still in school or you had you graduated at that point yeah so at the point of finding youtube productivity and like self-help uh, i actually remember the moment it's a it's a funny story because first moment was it was a matt diavella video and that guy is probably the biggest minimalism youtuber on the platform he is the the gray shirt guy and uh, he had a video called A Day in the Life of a Minimalist, which went viral in about March of 2019. And I got 30 seconds into the video, thought it was dumb, and then clicked off. And then 
three weeks later, I got it got recommended to me again. And I was like, all right, okay. All right, I guess I'll just click it again. At that point in my life, I was on YouTube way too much. And I was just literally going through ESPN first take clips or like basketball, like references to just like, just like just dumb, like sports consumption, which like I still do now. But I was like, all right, fine. I'll watch this damn video if YouTube's going to make me, you know, it's going to be forced. It blew up. I mean, it's the biggest video I ever had and will ever have. And then I, then the intro finishes and it, the first 50 seconds was a troll job. Cause like he does this whole like intro of like, Oh, I don't have anything, you know, like I got rid of this. I got rid of this. Uh, people ask me like, why did I get rid of Did I get rid of happiness? I got rid of that too. And then he finishes and then he sits down and he's like, I'm not really this much of an a-hole. Like I actually do have that. And I'm like, Oh, that was actually really funny. And then I watched this and then I spend the next like six months just watching every self-help video that's ever existed on YouTube at the time. And then I found the Thomas Frank video about notion found out what productivity apps were. And, um, then both of those things became my main content consumption. I listened to podcasts. I started the YouTube channel that next spring and started a podcast. And I don't listen to as much self-help as I used to. It's probably more like online business content now, but yeah, it was, it was formative, man. Jun junior year of college. Do you, do you feel like uh, minimalism and productivity go hand in hand? Is there, is there like a marriage there? Yeah, I believe that the lack of sensory inputs from a multitude of different angles was it coincided sort of with the timing very well for me because when I found out that I could minimize my wardrobe and then I found out what digital digital minimalism was and I found out like how having less clutter on your desk space could lead you to have a more focused life. I was uh, uh, while working, I was like, "Oh, I can be more productive. I also will be less stressed. This sounds like a good thing. So I believe it It goes hand in hand. I know that a lot of people don't want to admit this to yourself. Nobody cares what you're wearing. It's okay if you wear the same shirt every day. Like I have 500 videos on YouTube of me wearing the same shirt. No one's pointed it out yet. That makes me feel better when I don't change shirts in between our bulk podcast recordings. Nobody uh, cares. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but it bring, bring, brings up a cool point, man. Did, did you know there was a study done on BMW drivers and 80% of people who buy a BMW actually buy it because of the way they think it makes them look to other people, not because they actually like the car. I mean, they, they'll, they'll lie, but when the truth comes out, it's really because of the perception of other people that matters to them. 80% are paying a premium for a car because of the perception of what other people think. That's crazy. That is. I uh, I really do struggle with when I hear those statistics. Perception's a huge factor for a lot of things, right? As, and I think we even, uh, here's a quick plug also. We were also on the Rise Productive podcast very recently, and we did talk a little bit about perspective. So make sure you check that out, and you get to hear all three of our voices again in a different setting. Yeah, there, uh, there's this thing that happened uh, when I got done with when I finished college, there was a it was a, the summer of 2021. I finished my master's and the car market was in a very good position. Like that's when car markets were at a great price. The interest rates were really low. 
And instead of buying something expensive, I ended up buying a 2021 Nissan Versa, which at the time, you know, it didn't sound great. It's a, it's a Civic. It's basically the Nissan Civic, but long story, TLDR, I don't know if you guys use that term, but TLDR, uh, the dealership decided to bring it out and claim that it wasn't dinked and then it was dinked. So I got like two grand off of it and I got my APR down like another 2%. So like, it's actually a really good deal. And, um, I remember hearing all the statistics of like, why do you, and then people being like, oh, you got a newish car, but it's like a Civic. I'm like, yeah, because I don't, I don't wear a different shirt every day. You think I care what car, you think I care what you think about the car I drive? And it's really frustrating when I know, I know people that like buy like 30, $40,000 cars that can't afford it because they care what people think. Yeah, I don't think most people can afford a thirty to forty thousand dollar car anymore. I, the, the, the average length of time people are holding a car is over five years. I think most people are financing for seven years. Average payments over five hundred dollars for a car for for most people today. And and I have conversations with people around this stuff. It's like, man, you got a thousand dollar car payment and you're struggling to make ends meet. What is wrong with you? So like, it's thing, just yeah. crazy. People people are nuts about that. Um, it, it's wild, man. So minimalism and productivity kind of go kind of go hand in hand. Um, it's not the only thing you're doing though, right? So th this is the interesting thing to me. You're juggling a couple different things, employment, as well as your own consulting business. So in the podcast, talk, talk to me a little bit about that. And do you think you could do it? Had you not had all this time that you went down the productivity rabbit hole or would you be drowning right now? Uh, I, I will answer the question at the end of the list and that will be probably obvious. So I, work a full-time day job as a paid search manager at uh, currently the largest private uh, digital marketing agency in the US. And I work on an enterprise client. It's, it's a great, you know, great people, everything, but it's a day job. So it requires the, the usual amount of hours. I post every day on YouTube. I post three days a week on the podcast. I am very active on Twitter as of recently. I post a weekly newsletter and I used to post daily on TikTok and Instagram, but due to reasons I don't get into, I just like stopped for a little while. I was actually posting on two YouTube channels daily up until like three weeks ago. Wow. So the answer is hell no. Like if I didn't do like mental work as well as systemization, and I do a lot of autom autom automation work as of recently because I'm very nerdy about it now. No, I think a lot of people have a fundamental misunderstanding of like the like the order you need to go in, like you need to fix yourself. Then you can fix the systems and stuff. That's my opinion, at least. Like, I think your output could be 2x if you manage to figure out yourself first. It took a lot of work for me to get to the point where my morning started at 4.30. Funny enough, I uh, I used to be like a huge World of Warcraft addict. Uh, I would, I think I the average time was about six and a half hours a day. Uh, while I was in college and on the track team. So I basically like watched the day in the life of minimalist video, got inspired. And when I wrote that ebook, it was all off of this thought, dude, if you stop spending six and a half hours a day on video games, your life could be pretty dope. And uh, if I didn't spend all that time, at least just changing the way I thought, I don't think I'd be where I'm at. So I think it's kind of required before anyone starts like trying to do a bunch of output because then they'll just burn out and drown and it will not go well.
Well, you know, that's what keeps us in business, right? Like <laughs> yeah. we got people who are working on themselves. They got these systems in place and then they realize, oh, wait, I gotta, I gotta figure myself out here. Yeah. And that's where they Sorry. bring us in. <laughs> no, no, it's all right. Trust me, just because people should be doing something doesn't mean they're doing it most yeah, of the that's time. True. Well, that's what you know. I mean, you're able to figure that out. And most people have that insight to realize that they're probably not supposed to play six and a half hours of a video game every day. Um, but it doesn't always make sense that they want to stop, right? Like, I know I should do it, but I don't know how. Um, and again, great plug, because we had a conversation about that, too, about like scaling down, right, of maybe trying to stop cold turkey is tough, maybe being figuring out your systems trial and error you have to figure it out and you were able to figure out one that worked for you did you meet any resistance from you know maybe family friends or something when you tried to venture into this world and so we did talk a little bit i, I think sure. a little beforehand about like you can make money off the internet now there's just things that are new <laughs> new strategies that people might not think about and realize uh, yeah i got resistance in a couple of ways i think i'm pretty supportive family and very close friends but I got so much crap from my teammates in college. Like the amount of jokes about like, you're going to make videos about productivity. Like you should make videos about this. You should, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, Oh, three ways to optimize your day. Like you, that's such a dumb video. I don't necessarily get those comments anymore because my best friend is my podcast co-host who was still on the track team. And the numbers have leaked about like the fact that I make money. So I don't get those jokes anymore. That's just kind of how people are. I hate to admit it to the world. Um, but, you know, I think I've met a lot of resistance because when your entire friend group is kind of like making jokes about it or changing their Zoom backgrounds to put it as your thumbnail, I don't think that doesn't weigh on people. Uh, I think uh, not acknowledging it would be lying to myself and people who are going to be put in that situation. So I feel like it's fair to address it. Uh, yeah, that's that's sort of that's sort of my shtick on it. I mean, it was, it was resistance from friends and, and, uh, family were supportive, but maybe in general, just because of an age gap, they, they weren't aware of like the amount of money you could make. Like Ali Abdul made 4 million last year. He's a productivity YouTuber. That's kind of ridiculous. It's actually hilarious. It's a lot of money. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot, a lot it's of comical. Money. But that's that that's on brand, man. You know, we we find like when people know us as one thing, they have us in a box. And then all of a sudden, if you step outside of the box, people don't like that. And and that's that's why a lot of times we don't get as much support from like the people we're closest with, because it's it's a lot easier to not support when somebody's doing something that doesn't jive with how you think of them. And we, we've talked about this a lot about people that are closest to you. The ones you figure that would support you the most, they would be the ones that like and share your comments the most. They, they're not. It's because they see you in the view they've always seen you in, right? So if they're used to you being the track star or the jokester or whatever it may be, that's the mm -hmm. view that they see you. And it's really hard for them to kind of shift that view because they have years of whatever they've already, that expectation perception of you that they've already made. So you'll find that strangers will be a lot more supportive than the people that you think are going to be supportive to you. And it's, it's okay. And I think that's one of those things as you learn it and you don't get disappointed, it's setting that expectation and then you, you can realize that it doesn't matter as much. I definitely learned very quickly how to handle the criticism. I think some comments got to me early on. Uh, there I was, was going to ask, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I think that's like an easy way to erode your, your confidence in doing something. And I think you said it earlier, right? Like this is fair game. This is, people are going to go through this. 
uh, people are going to go through what you went through. What was, what was that kind of experience like? Yeah. I mean, I, I had experienced it before of just being around dudes in a locker room. You hear funny things regardless. Right. But the, the, some of the comments were just like, you know, like Google calendar guy was a nickname for me for a while, which I was just like, <laughs> all right. I'm like, that's, that's like, it was like funny a little bit, but like the, the worst was like someone would make comments about like, Oh, you planning to plan your fake business meeting? Cause I was trying to like go at it from the outset of like, this is the business I want to build. But when you talk like that and there's not a business, you know, you're going to get that friction from people. And I do think all you can really care about is the fact that like you're enjoying the process. If you don't necessarily focus on that. And I, I am a huge believer in, I know, one books don't doesn't fit all, but I think Atomic Habits by James Clear very much uh, has sort of transformed my life because I have a constant positive feedback loop with content creation. I think it's decently obvious based on just like how much I put out. Like I must really like it, or I must have really convinced myself I like making videos. And Atomic Habits helped me with that, and part of it was just understanding that the feedback loop I needed to give myself needed to be positive. And if people would make the comments, I would either hit them with a quip or ignore them and like they'd keep doing it. And it's just like, that's how I coped. My advice to anybody who's new is know that any content creation route you're going to go down or any business you're going to make, it's, it's like a flywheel that sort of takes a, a lot of push to get the thing moving. But once it gets moving, it's actually pretty pretty great. Uh, I could not make videos for a while and like make some passive income off of it if I wanted because of like the way I've made the channel. And uh, I don't really care about the original comments anymore because I'm pretty fulfilled with what I do with my like nights and mornings. Like I don't really care if other people are or aren't, but that just matters that like I am. Well, it's usually their own insecurities on what they're doing. So how many, how long ago is this? Would you say? So I started this three years ago. It was my last, so I, uh, or sorry, the 20, yeah, yeah, 2020 uh, spring is when I started my YouTube channel, actually, about three years ago right now. Yeah. I'd imagine a lot of those same guys are like big Gary Vee fans and stuff that are probably watching oh, all this stuff and, no, they, and liking. They, yeah, they don't, I don't think they even care. They're like not even into that. Like they, I would say in general, the the sentiment there is like, they don't, they don't follow any of that kind of stuff. There's a... Um, I think my generation is split into a couple different groups as any is, but uh, some use social media only for the entertainment value purpose. Some use it to kind of mix and match between entertainment and just self-improvement. And then there are freaks like me that like, I don't like watching or consuming content unless I feel like it's doing something for me. Or if it's Pat McAfee, that's totally out. That's like, it's totally fine. The The former punter for the, for the, for the Colts, he's hilarious. Like I'll listen to that all day, but outside of that, Social media is strictly for self-help and like getting my business grown. I was thinking most of just some of the irony from what it is, is like when they, again, see people that are doing the thing that they usually hold high standard, that they just uh, feel that bad that they're not doing it a lot for themselves. Uh, so it's easier to kind of make fun or put the other person down as opposed to lift them up, which I would like us to do a little bit more of. There's, an, there's plenty to go around. We all can succeed. I'm really grateful though for, so my, best friend chance is my podcast co-host and he was on the team with me and something that really kind of convinced him to sort of be a podcast guest that then turned into the co-host was I did this thing for like three months, which was a, I did Pomodoro live study sessions in college. 
and I would study for like five hours straight. And I got like some, it was funny. That was like when the shift started happening with a lot of teammates and uh, they'd be like, why are you doing this? I'm like, all my homework's done. And those two, two hour sessions, they're like, what? I'm like, I only go to school two days a week, three days a week. Cause I'm in my master's program and I finished the home. I'm like, I have four or five day weekends all the time. They're like, how? And then like, when they saw like the, the possibilities of the principles of the nerding out about it, they're like, that sounds great. You only really do schoolwork 10 hours a week. I'm like, yes. And I have a four O. So like, it, this is not like a meme. Like this is something that could make your life a lot more fun, dude. What, what was the, what was the biggest uh, thing you had to work on for yourself? Cause you kind of, you kind of said earlier, right? It, it, it was, it starts with, with me or, or with yeah. us. What was the number one thing you felt like you had to work on? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the reason sometimes I, I I have a bad habit of talking in a brash tone now is because I'm like yelling at myself from before. Uh, there, there is a, there's a lot of pent up, like, why was I the way I was before? I want people to not be that way. I realized that I have an addictive personality and what I had to do was I realized I had to move that into positive habit form habit formation because i so i know this because like i i've been biting my nails since i was uh eight and that was like my first thing i figured out and like it's still really bad that's something i still need to work on um but rather than like necessarily fixing what i was bad at which i i i believe the worst thing was uh it was like an anxiety issue i had uh i associated the positive feelings that i had with the opinions of others and I was more focused on making others happy by what I was doing um, than like living my life for like literally just what I wanted to be doing on a daily basis. That was a personal thing I kind of needed to work on. I did. And then from there, I was like, okay, obviously I need to get better at like decluttering. That was the second thing. And the third thing was hyper-focusing on what is my unfair advantage? I have a lot of energy. And I like to talk. Boom. Like just do that. You'll probably it'll probably work out. And just make positive feedback loops around it. And then the final step was like apps and auto. And then the the next step after that was automation. Like that was the the order. See, Doc, it's not it's not just me. There's more than one of us that has a lot of energy and likes to talk. Yeah, I'm just thinking if I need to to go younger and replace you, I know who I'm calling. All right, all right, back, back it up. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't want to go older. Let's let's let, let's back this up. All right. <laughs> you know, you know, it's interesting, man, because you were talking about the the content creation and daily, but you told the story about World of Warcraft. In my head, I was like, ah, it sounds like you just replaced one addiction with another. 100%. The difference is one one is productive, and which yeah. you know, for a productivity guy, to, you know, it's on brand. Uh, that's a big deal. You know, that's more, a big shift in your life and more lucrative. <laughs> well, I, hey, you know what? Some of those guys that play that game could make a lot of money, right? It's no League of legends, but yeah, <laughs> but, it, but it wasn't DP in the dock. He wasn't doing it. But even rhymes. Look at that. DP in the dock. Wow. Oh, he's, he's trying to steal you. He's trying to steal me over. Yeah. No, no, but you're actually totally right. This guy. Okay. You're totally right though. JB. I, I do believe that I did replace, uh, I replaced video games with self-help not the worst thing on the planet right no. i was like uh i came to a realization very quickly i'm like oh this is replacing the other thing but i had an addictive personality and that led me to be a pretty good track athlete like 
I, 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 I didn't break four minutes, but I was in the four O's in the mile. I was pretty wow. okay. Um, and that addictive personality got me through a lot. Like I broke my hip when I was 15 and I broke my Dude. hip again when I was 16 because I ran track and I grew, I, there's like a weird, I grew eight inches in like three years. So my hips were weak and I had very, the first time I was just running and like my hip snapped. It was weird. Uh, and then the second time I stopped running a full sprint because the girls basketball team in high school came around a corner in a group and I didn't want to be rude. And I broke my hip instead of being rude and running them over regret, not running them over. Um, and that addictive personality let me still get through all those early injuries and then run for another eight, nine years in college. So it's done a lot of good for me. It's just when it's not moved in the right direction, it gets bad. So I just need to like be aware. And that's kind of how it goes. We talked a little bit about that before too, like knowing your strengths, right? Like the key is don't become over obsessive at anything and you know, scale back where like know your limits, but also know your strengths. And if you're good at something, don't be afraid of it, leverage it. Um, just, just know what you know, right? Like, and, and kind of put those those safeguards in place. But there's no problem leveraging with this thing because we're all different. We all have these uniquenesses about us. And if we try to use them properly, again, no obsession, because that's where it becomes an issue, setting those boundaries. And they might be higher boundaries than other people. That's, again, why we're different. We get to figure that out. Experiment. Play around. Size doesn't fit all. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if we found that a lot of high performers have addictive personalities, you know, and that's, that's kind of what, what drives towards just going after something over and over and over again and chipping away at it and, and keeping it on. Uh, I, I think it's pretty insightful that you kind of recognize it's like, Hey, I am going to put attention into something, you know, ad nauseum. So might as well make it something positive that can do something for me and give me a life of fulfillment, but also allow me to achieve some goals and uh, just being deliberate with something like that can carry a long, long way, man. So I th I, to, to recognize that young, I think uh, it says a lot about you, dude. Thanks. There's a funny video that uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the the guy. His name is Alex Hermosi. He has recently gotten pretty large, but he's a the CEO of Acquisition.com. He's a very high-selling author now of a book called $100 Million Offers. Definitely recommend you read it if you haven't. But he giving a speech and I believe the three core traits of very high performers are they believe that they are better than other people at what they do. They have a constant fear of failure and they have, I don't know if they're, they're not full on nar narcissists, but wait, I'm trying to know what was the last one. Sorry. The, the, the last one always messes me up because there, there's like a double thing there. They, oh yeah, they believe they're better than everyone else. They also believe at the same time, though, that they're like always going to fail. So like they have. And then the third one, I believe, is that they tend to believe they're always right. So like that triple, like those three are the key factors for like high success. And I remember seeing this and being like, yeah, there's some moments where I can get into that. And I don't I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because it makes me feel better. You know what I mean? Like you kind of feel a little like messed up in the head when you hear that. You're like, oh, what are, do I want to be like? think I'm always right. That kind of sounds messed up. See, this this is great for me because now Andre's like, oh crap, he's just like JB. <laughs> or I, was gonna, I mean, yeah. So I heard delusional, right? Like so you leave those strings, you're <laughs> <Yeah>. delusional. <laughs>
So I have a selfish ask. We have this app that we're trying to release. Oh, and we would cool. love your insight on how's the best way to market it. So you've heard of ChatGPT? 100%, yeah. We have love our it. own version here. It's uh, ChatJB. Oh. Because um, uh, yeah. we figure he can actually give more. He talks just as fast as those things pr produce. How would you sell that? You don't have to answer it. I'm just having some fun with this because we're oh. going to make this. We're going to make this go at some point. This is going to take off. This is going to be our app. I may or may not be more accurate than ChatGPT. That's yet to be decided. That's sick. I, I, if you want to market it, I mean, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to like first figure out who's your target market. And if if your target market is going to be anybody, it has to be high value individuals, and they have to get convinced that like JB knows more than than ChatGPT, right? So. First thing you have to do, according to Alex Ramosi, is just charge like ten thousand dollars, and then like magically they'll believe that it's better. It's funny though. This book actually talks about the psychology of it, and mm -hmm. I mean, I tried it in Notion consulting pitches. Like, I just charged more, and the value perceived like went up, and they're like, yeah. "Oh yeah, sure." And I was like, it's anchored oh. higher. I was it like, matters. It, it like, does. What? <laughs> like, there's no way you just said yes. Man, you already know about priming. We know that from our other conversation. Anchoring is a big deal in behavior and how people make decisions. Yeah, charge $100,000. I think that'll work. Nice. So we will definitely go with that. And because you just mentioned how well you're doing on that, we heard you might have a deal for our audience that you'd like to share. Yeah, uh, what I guess I'd like to offer is recently I just dropped a Notion template. Uh, I, I do a lot of these, but uh, at riseproductive.com, you can go to riseproductive.com slash Notion hyphen templates. And there, there's a myriad of different templates, but there is a, a specific one I just dropped called Getting Things Done. I think a lot of people would would really enjoy RP Save 25. It's uh, it's it's one of the the simpler ones. I'm not very aesthetic. I can't see color very well, and I'm gonna use that excuse till the end of time. And I, I believe a lot of people could benefit though from those Getting Things Done template. It's uh, it's probably one of the more simple ones I've made. That also, if you get it, you get a four hour course on how to use notion and you also well you have to hear me for that long so i don't know actually, that's actually a plus but of course all this will be in the show notes yeah and we, we've got the the benefit of having a chance to work with dimitri and use some of his templates so they are absolutely awesome get on it if you want to check out notion the smart and easy thing to do to be more productive in it is don't try to do it all yourself take advantage of the experts you got right here in front of you well, I really appreciate you guys having me on the show. It was a uh, it was a good time. I haven't been featured on a on a pod in a minute, and then I uh, is that a term you guys are familiar with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, We're not I'm that old, bro. <laughs> I had to do it. I'm sorry. Back in my day, we used to call them tellies. Oh, that's, that's that's enough of that. Uh, don't do that again. <laughs> oh, we're glad to have you on, man. It was a pleasure. Thanks for joining us in the lab. For sure. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank, thanks for having you. All those three of those. Something thanks like for that. all being here. Something like that. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for still listening. Yeah. If you're still listening. I mean, you guys might have turned off a long time ago. Doc, I really enjoyed that conversation. I I, I loved kind of just the, the comment, hey, you can work on systems as much as you want, but if you haven't worked on yourself first, you're, you know, the systems really aren't going to be as effective. Uh, and I think that, you know, it's almost the opposite of how we work with people because we work with people not on the systems, but on the soft skills. But there's a reason that we work on the soft skills and we work on people. Uh, I, I know our conviction is you can make much greater strides working on yourself than 
you know, any given system is going to provide to you. Well, I think it's not a lot of people figure it out like he did. We're working on yourself first and then the systems makes place, which is why we do what we do is because they usually do the opposite, right? Because that's kind of how we're trained schools and all the, you know, former bosses, everyone starts system, 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 system. Uh, so it's kind of drilled in. So that's what I like talking to some of the younger generation because they get the chance to think a little bit outside the box from what we're used to. And there's a lot of value there. And like I said in the show, it's, I encourage the generations just to listen to each other in general because you can learn from both. Uh, there's a lot of wealth of knowledge out there in different areas. And don't be afraid to have those conversations. Yeah, I, I definitely enjoy the perspective and the viewpoint uh, chatting with Dimitri and hopefully we can have him join us some other time in the future again. Um, hey, if you're uh, if you're still out there listening, watching, thank you for keeping up with us throughout the conversation. Uh, once again, if you haven't already, give us a like, subscribe and follow. We're trying to reach more people just like you and put out some fantastic content. Uh, so we appreciate you and thank you so much. Everything that he said. And then if you always want to get a hold of us, you know, you can find us at jbandthedoctor.com or on all our social media at JB and the doctor. And if you ever want to connect with us, just slide into our DMs. We'd be happy to have a conversation. Other than that, we'll see you next time. Yep. I'm JB. I'm out. Peace out, yo.